Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Today's uh, spiritual law may be the shortest one ever <laughs> because it's really pretty simple even though it may be one of the most important and profound ones ever. And uh, it's amazing to me how sometimes uh, those things go together, uh, the most profound things also being the simplest things sometimes. I thought about making it super short, just like two or three minutes, um, and I probably won't do that because I'm going to give you my take on this, all right? I thought about not giving you my take, just giving you the thing to kind of pray and meditate about this week. Um, but I am going to do that, but then I'll, I'll give you my take on it for whatever it's worth. So uh, here's my question. This is, this is the question to ponder, to pray about, to meditate on this week. If, if you are one of us, who are always searching, always open, always looking for how to make your life even better, all right? Now, if you're the person who, okay, I'm, I just want to sit in front of TV and uh, sort of zone out, or I just want to work hard and make as much money as I can and then come home and have a couple of beers and relax, then maybe this isn't for you. But if you're wanting to examine your life, your family, um, to really uh, suck the marrow out of life, that carpe diem kind of life, then uh, I would say this is absolutely for you. So here's the question. Which is better, to live and suffer or not to live? That's it. Which is better, to live and suffer or not to live? Um, hope uh, my wife, my incredible, beautiful, inside and out, way out of my league wife, 
was depressed for the first 12 years of our marriage, all right? Um, I've never been through pain like that in my life, and she was going through a lot more pain than I was, okay? Um, most of you know that story. Uh, a lot of you know that uh, she read a library of books, and one day she was reading a book called Feeling Better by Dr. David Burns, M.D., and in the back of that book is the depression test, and she took it. And um, we still have that around here with her little pencil markings as she answered the questions. And uh, she always told me that it was fine for me to look at the book she was reading and see where she had underlined and that sort of thing. And sometimes we talked about those things. Um, on this one... What caught my eye was her score on the depression test, which was in the suicidal range, okay, way into the suicidal range. In fact, she was kind of at the high end of the suicidal range, and it blew me away, okay. I knew she felt bad. I knew she felt terrible. I knew all of that, but that had really not crossed my mind. Okay, and I went running to her in the house with the book after I looked at how she had answered some of the questions. And one of the questions was, every day I think about wanting to die. And she had checked always. It, you know, the, the answers are like, never sometimes, maybe on an average day, a lot of the time, always. She checked always, the most extreme answer. And so I went running to her with the book. I said, uh, her name at that time was Tracy. I said, Tracy, 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 I think you answered this question wrong. And she looked at it, and then she looked at me, and then she teared up, and then she started crying. And see, she'd been trying to protect me from that, knowing that every day she wanted to die. And, and she said, um, no, that's right. And she said, just about every day on, on driving down the street uh, by our house, I think, okay, it, it would not be hard to just veer the car over a little bit and all of my pain would be over and Alex and Harry would be better off because she felt like she was ruining us, ruining our lives, which was nowhere in the vicinity of the truth, but that's what she thought, okay? Plus, she was in absolute agony every day. Um, I thought about that again on a recent trip to Tokyo. We just got back a few weeks ago from um, Tokyo, uh, where I was doing some events, and um, was really surprised when they told me that Japan has the highest suicide rate in the world, that 70 people a day commit suicide in Japan. And the vast majority of them are men who kill themselves in shame or because they can't measure up. Uh, it's a bit of a perfectionistic type society, okay? But 70 people a day 
commit suicide. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not easy to do. It is very, very difficult. One of the hardest things you could ever do is to commit suicide because you have to go against your survival instinct to do it. And um, you may have heard, and it's true, that oftentimes people who commit suicide, once they definitely make that decision, um, people will notice they're they're much more peaceful than they've been in a long time. And, and sometimes people say they're more peaceful than they ever were. Well, they're not peaceful because they're dying. That's not why they're peaceful, because they're looking forward to dying. And some people think that's the reason. That is not the reason. The reason is because now they know that their pain's about to stop. So, Back to the question, is it better to live and suffer or not to live? Well, I prayed and meditated and, and, and uh, pondered over this for a long, long, long time, several months, okay, remembering the pain in my life. And, and there have been a couple of times in my life that, you know, I'm not sure that I would say I, I would rather die, but there there have been some times that I was in so much pain, you know, I might say kind of from the gut, off the cuff, well, I just wish I were dead right now, okay? And, and I wasn't really suicidal at all, but, you know, that just sort of came out without me even thinking about it because of the pain that I was in, all right? And I would say that that is the only reason that people want to die. Uh, my mother died of liver cancer and um, about, oh, 28 years ago. And um, the night before she died, she prayed with me and asked that God would bring her home, that she was ready to come home. But... I think it would be wrong to say that she wanted to die. She was ready to come home because of the pain and anguish of the liver cancer. All right, she, When she died, she looked like a pregnant skeleton. I mean, it was a horrible way to watch her go. And she was in terrible, terrible pain. Okay, So, yes, yeah, she was ready to go home. She was ready to die. But I don't know that it's, it would have been accurate to say that she wanted to die. What she really wanted was to be healthy and live because she wanted to see her grandchildren, all right? Hope and I, Hope and I had just gotten married, all right? She wanted to see her grandkids and to continue being with her other grandkids. So really, she didn't want to die. It's just that she didn't have much hope of things turning around if she didn't die. So because she sort of resigned herself to things are not going to ever get any better, she was ready to go. And I would say that the people that do commit suicide, that's what they do too. They, they reach a point where they say, you know, I've tried everything I know to try, and things are not getting any better. So I'm just giving up. Okay, but in their heart, what they really want is not that. It's to be healthy and happy and live. Okay, so let me give you my take on this, and then we'll be done.
to me, it all boils down to one thing. Remember, the question is, is it better to live and suffer or not to live? Okay? Um, and by the way, we all suffer. Everyone suffers. Um, I remember watching a movie a long, long time ago. It's a good movie. I'd recommend you watch it. Called The Breakfast Club. Got good reviews. And it was about a group of teenagers who were all in detention together. Uh, they'd gotten in trouble at school. And word had gotten around that one of the kids in detention was there because they had found a, a gun in the person's locker and they were going to kill themselves. And so it came up as that rumor spread with the kids that were in detention and they were trying to figure out who it was. And everybody thought it was this rebel kid who wasn't nice to anybody but we found out through the course of the movie that why he was that way, his dad had uh, cussed at him, beat him, put out cigarettes on his body, things like that. And so, you know, everybody's kind of thinking, okay, that's who it's going to be. Who it ended up being was the rich kid who made straight A's, never got into trouble, uh, was going to Harvard uh, or, or some other school like that, you know, that sort of thing. And when they fit, when they found out it was him, it, nobody could believe it. And, and so it's like, what in the world would you want to kill yourself for? And the answer was that he had made a B in shop instead of an A because his project, a, a lamp that looked like an elephant, and when you pushed the elephant's trunk, the light came on. When you pushed his elephant's trunk, the light didn't come on. So because of that, he was going to get a B, and because of that, he was planning to kill himself. All right? Well, what I'm telling you is that that, and, and, and I've seen all kinds of life situations like that, that kid was in more pain than the kid who got beat up and cigarettes put out on him every day. A different kind of pain, yes but more pain. So you can't judge that, okay? Uh, judgment and blaming is only for God, all right? There's a saying, uh, it's for God and small children, but really it's just for God, okay? All right, here's my take. Is it better to live and suffer or not to live? There is one determining factor to me. Is love present or not? That's it. If love is present, then to live regardless of the suffering is always the choice. If love is not present, the life is not worth living unless you start getting love or living in love, no matter, uh, and if love is not present, the life is not living, worth living, no matter what the pleasure, okay? I've been able to work with some very, very, very famous, very, very, very wealthy people, professional athletes, entertainers, movie stars, 
you know, people that we think, if I were like them, I'd be happy. Well, I've worked with some of those people who, quote, have everything, who are the most miserable people I've ever seen in my life. Why? They don't have love. They've got stuff. They've got glory. They've got fame. They've got... But they don't have love. I, I recently watched a documentary on Cary Grant on um, uh, one of the documentary channels. And Cary Grant was has a quote... Uh, where he said, I found fame and fortune in Hollywood, but 30 years later was still looking for peace and contentment. Okay? The determining factor on whether life is worth living is, is love present or not. If love is present, life is worth living, it is worth the pain, even if the pain is excruciating, most kids who are truly loved and in a loving environment, even in pain, don't ever even think of suicide. And they may be in more pain than the kid that does commit suicide, but they've also got love, and it more than offsets it. So if I'm right, and the difference in whether life is worth living with pain and suffering or not worth living, if love is the, is the difference, then that means love is the difference in life and death. And it is. In fact, you might say love is, a life, is the life or death issue. And there may not be another one, because God is love, so when you say love, you're also talking about God and your relationship with God, you're talking about yourself, your relationship with yourself, you're talking about others, your relationship with others, all right? So that is my conclusion. I'd like you to pray and meditate this week. What is yours? Is it better to live and suffer or not to live? And if I, if my conclusion is right, then the thing we should be seeking and prioritizing above everything else all the time in every situation is how can I act in love here? How can I help someone else experience love here? How can I uh, experience love, the love feeling myself here? Okay? That... If if I'm right, then that should always be your priority, even in business, okay? Even in business, in anything. Where's the love here? I've got to find it because that is the only thing that's life or death.